0: Hello. Welcome to mm. Infinite Cast, mm. a, a podcast. <laughs> mm. 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 Uh let's let's have a wacky one today. Uh Molly, you know the um the joint meme that's been going around this sure week? Do, sure do. Uh where it's like the, the little brackets and it's like the first little
1: I've been calling it the bracket meme. The
0: bracket meme. It's like and the brackets imp- imply like the first part of something is mm-hmm. x, the another part of it is y and mm-hmm. then the final part is whatever uh, mm-hmm. what may, come up with a bracket meme off the top of your head for infinite jest. Uh,
1: okay, for the first the first bracket and it's tiny is like, oh, I, c- I can't wait to find out whether this kid gets into college and then the rest of the bracket is giant and it's um uh, I don't know, maybe like I've d- developed a theory of everything regarding entertainment, addiction, uh, f- faith and uh, uh, technology.
0: My version, <laughs> my version is the first bracket is tiny uh, and it says, "Oh my god, this is genius." And the second bracket is huge and it just says tennis.
1: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, we should be doing this though. By the way, we should be making those memes. The bracket memes. The, the memes are all part of the yeah. That's the you, con- social conditioning. To yeah, make that's this how okay. you have to. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we we need
0: to to create a like a, a Saudi. Uh, cyber warfare style uh <laughs> lab but instead of threatening canada to do nine eleven to them we're just making pro uh infinite gestures. yeah moves.
1: yeah Take a page out of uh, out of ISIS's book for the propaganda.
0: <laughs> you you do have to hand it to them.
1: I'm just now. I'm just imagining you uh you do have to hand it to. I'm just imagining a marketing like person basically making some kind of booklet or something, being like, "What we uh, case study? Yeah, what learnings from ISIS's social media strategy to uh, uh uh shorten our our funnel or sh- shorten our funnel and um increase oh shit H-
0: hockey stick your growth
1: what what do you call it in marketing where you're uh oh there's a word for like when you want when the your goal gets achieved like whether you want new users or new followers or whatever KPIs KPI. I don't know. Anyway, we, I don't need to bore people with this. <sighs> yeah, exactly. That was a business different se- life. Business
0: secrets of the of the ISIS terrorists. I just have, like, bu- uh, like business secrets of the pharaohs. I have no uh, business
1: mindset anymore. That was you have no good business ideas. Business Molly is dead. Now it's just fun, stupid Molly. <laughs> Should we get started? Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, here we go. We're do Speaking of tennis, tennis, everyone. Sixth of November, the year of the depend adult undergarment, white. Halogen off the green of the composite surface, the light out on the indoor courts at the Port Washington Tennis Academy, is the color of sour apples. (laughs) To the spectators at the gallery's glass, the duos of players, arrayed and moving down below, have a reptilian tinge to their skin, a kind of seasick-type pallor. This annual meet is mammoth. Both academies A and B teams for both boys and girls, both singles and doubles, in 14 and unders, 16 and unders, 18 and unders. 36 courts stretch down away from one end's gallery under a fancy tri-domed system of permanent all-weather lung. A junior tennis team has six people on it, with the highest ranked playing number one singles against the other team's best guy, the next highest ranked playing number two, and on down the line to number six. After the six singles matches, there are three doubles with the team's best two singles players usually turning around and also playing number one doubles, with occasional exceptions, e.g. the Vaught Twins, or the fact that Schacht and Trolch way down on the B squad in 18 singles Play number two doubles on ETA's 18s A team because they've been a doubles team since they were incontinent toddlers back in Philly, and they're so experienced and smooth together they can wipe surfaces with the 18s A teams' three and four <laughs> single guys, Cole, Coyle, and Axford, who prefer to skip doubles altogether. It all tends to get complicated and probably not all that interesting unless you play. <laughs> Thanks, David. Uh, but, so a new, uh, but so a normal meet between two junior teams is the best out of nine matches, whereas this mammoth earl- annual early November thing between ETA and PWTA will try to be the best out of 108. A uh, 54 match-all conclusion is extremely unlikely, odds being one in two to the 27th power, and has never happened in nine years. The meet's always down on Long Island because PWTA has indoor courts out the bazoo. Each year, the academy that loses the meet has to get up on tables at the buffet supper afterward and sing a really silly song. An even more embarrassing transaction is supposed to take place in private between the two schools' headmasters, but nobody knows quite what. (laughs) Last year, Enfield lost 57-51, and Charles Tavis didn't say one word on the bus ride home and used the lavatory several times. <laughs> <laughs> but last year ETA didn't have John Wayne, and last year HJ and Condensa hadn't yet exploded competitively. <laughs> John- <laughs> oh, good, good joke. Yeah, yeah. not get that. Uh, Very funny.
0: Have you ever been to Port Washington?
1: Um, only on the train, and I got picked up immediately and whisked away. Have you? Same, same, same. I mean, yeah, it's the end. Isn't it the end of the Long yeah. Island Railroad?
0: That's when I was uh, shooting. <laughs> <laughs> uh behind the scenes of the contracting company that was building a um oh god what's the name of that show where they build you a new house really quickly extreme home makeover extreme home makeover yes i was shoot i wasn't shooting extreme home makeover i was filming f- the contracting company doing the extreme home makeover for their promotional use
1: that's very funny uh
0: it was a shitty gig but i did get to see a whole they God damn it! Do they build a whole a whole new house in three days? How did it's you pretty get that impressive. job? How
1: did you get the job? It
0: was the guy that I was the old guy who I was working with doing the submarine documentary. His kid uh, was like friends with the contractor, and like
1: freelance videography really is all it's all recommendations yeah it it was weird if you if it's not recommendations it's like someone posting a weird job post on indeed being like i'm shooting a music video for a brand new up-and-coming hip-hop artist the pay is a (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars anyway that was my Port washington trip that's funny
0: I can tell more about that extreme home makeover thing, but uh, yeah. this is probably not the time.
1: Okay. And well. it also
0: gets a little uh, insensitive eventually.
1: Oh, okay. I see. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe off mic. Maybe off mic. Um, John Wayne, formerly of Montserre, Quebec, an asbestos mining town, 10 clicks or so from the infamously rupture-prone Mercier Dam formerly the top-ranked junior male in Canada at 16, as well as number five overall in the organization of North American Nations Tennis Association computerized rankings, was finally successfully recruited by Gerhard Stitt and Aubrey DeLint last spring via the argument that two gratis years at an American academy would maybe let Wayne bypass the usual couple seasons of top college tennis and go pro immediately at 19 with more than enough competitive tempering. This reasoning was not unsound since the top four U.S. tennis academies tournament schedules closely resemble the ATP tour in terms of numbing travel and continual stress. John Wayne is currently ranked number three in the, o- I'm just going to say Onanta, Onanta Boys 18s and number two in the U- USTA. Canada, under provincial pressure, has disowned him as an emigrant. <laughs> Ian has, in this year of the dependent all Undergarment, reached the semis of both the Junior French and Junior U.S. Opens and has lost to exactly nobody American in seven meets and a dozen major tournaments. He trails the number one kid, an independent, which takes us to endnote 85, equals no academy affiliation. Mm. Back to the text. Independent down in Florida, uh, Veach by only a couple USTA computer points, and they haven't met yet in sanctioned play this year, and the kid is well known to be hiding out from Wayne, avoiding him, staying down in Pompano Beach, allegedly nursing a like four month groin pull sitting on his ranking. He's supposed (laughs) to show at the Whataburger Invitational in Arizona in a couple of weeks, this Veach, having won the 18s at age 17 there last year, but he's got to know Wayne's coming down, and speculation is rife and complex. (laughs) financial wise there's an Argentine kid that Mexico's Academia de Veracruz... I was wondering if
0: Mexico was going to get involved in this.
1: ...has got rat-holed away, who's number one and not about to lose to anybody, having, having this year taken three out of four legs of the Junior Grand Slam. The first time anybody's done that since a sepulchral Czech kid named Lendl who retired from the show and suicided well before the advent of subsidized time. Oh, wow. But so there's Wayne at number one uh so I'm gathering
0: that right is that he's implying that when kids get in the number one spot, then they avoid playing so as not to lose their spot
1: correct well ki- kids of a certain muster, maybe yeah. John Wayne is different yeah John, no relation to wayne right mm-hmm yes. And it's been established that Hal and Condenza last year are respectable, but by no means to write home about 43rd nationally and bouncing between number four and number five on the Academy's A-team in boys' 16 singles has made a kind of quantumish competitive plateau hop such that this year, the one nearly done, Kimberly Clark Corp's Depend Absorbent Products division soon to give way to the highest corporate bidder for rights to the new year in Condenza. Mind you, this year just seventeen is fourth in the nation and number six on the Atlanta computer and playing A number two for ETA in boys' eighteens. These competitive explosions happen sometimes. Nobody at the Academy talks to Hal much about the explosion, sort of the way you avoid a pitcher who's got a no hitter going. Hal's delicate and spinny, rather cere- Hal's delicate and spinny, rather cerebral game hasn't altered, but this year it seems to have grown a beak. No longer fragile or abstracted looking on court, he seems now almost to hit the corners without thinking about it. His unforced error stats look like a decimal error. <laughs> Hal's game evol- involves attrition. He'll probe, pecking, until some angle opens up. Until then, he'll probe. He'd rather run his man ragged, wear him down. Three different opponents this past summer had to go to oxygen during breaks. <laughs> Which number 86. Uh, The Onanta Junior Tour allows courtside oxygen ever since an unfortunate embolism in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, YWQMD. Okay. Uh, Back to the text. His serve uh, yanks across at people as if on a hidden diagonal string. His serve now, suddenly after four summers of thousand a day serves to no one at dawn, is suddenly supposed to be one of the best left-handed kick serves the junior circuit has ever seen. Stitt calls hal and condensa his revenant now and sometimes <laughs> points his pointer at him in an affectionate way from his observation crow's nest in the transom during drills most of the singles a matches are underway Coyle and his man on three are in an endless butterfly shaped rally hal's muscular but unquick opponent is bent over trying to get his breath while hal stands there and futzes with his strings tall Paul Shaw on six bounces the ball eight (laughs) times before he serves never seven or nine and John Wayne's without question the best male player to appear at Enfield Academy in several years he'd been spotted first by the late Dr. James Incandenza at age six Uh, 11 summers back when Incandenza was doing an early and coldly conceptual super eight on people named John Wayne who were not the real thespio historical John Wayne. (laughs) Remember that from the filmography? Yes. Isn't it it just called like a bunch of guys named John Wayne?
0: I forget, forget, but yes.
1: Uh, Oh, uh, a film Wayne's not to be fucked with Papa eventually litigated the kids segment out of because the film had the word homo in the title. Which takes us to endo eighty seven, which says QV note twenty four supra, which I assume means
0: go back to go the 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 filmography above.
1: And you know what? Uh, why don't we?
0: It's going to take so long to
1: find it. I'm just trying to find the homo.
0: Wait, is it? Uh, I I'm wondering if it. Uh, if it, if it is in reference to, like, Homo sapiens or something. Yeah, right. It's a, a joke about the dad not understanding
1: women. I'm it not going to be able to find it, and um, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, on one, with John Wayne up at net, Port Washington's best boy throws up a lob. It's a beauty. The ball soars slowly up, just skirts the indoor quartz's system of beams and lamps, and floats back down gentle as lint. A lovely quad function of fluorescent green seems whirling. John Wayne backpedals and flies back after it. You can tell if you play seriously. You can tell just by the way the ball comes off a guy's strings whether the lob is going to land fair. There's surprisingly little thought. Coaches tell serious players what to do so often it gets automatic. John Wayne's game could be described as having a kind of automatic beauty. When the lob first went up, he'd backpedaled from the net, keeping the ball in sight until it reached the top of its flight and its curve broke casting many shadows in the tray of light hung from the ceiling's insulation. Then Wayne turned his back to the ball and sprinted flat out for the spot where it will land fair. Would land. He doesn't have to locate the ball again until it's hit the green court just inside the baseline. By now he's come around the side of the bounced ball's flight, still sprinting. He looks mean in kind of a distant way. He comes around the side of the bounced ball's second ascent the way you come up around the side of somebody you're going to hurt. And he has to leave his feet in half pirouette to get his side to the ball and whip his big right arm through it, catching it on the rise and slapping it down the line past the Port Washington boy, who's played the percentages and followed a beauty of a lob up to net.
0: I'm sorry, we've referenced this before, but Mm -hmm. every time in these tennis matches they cut to the fake... fans in the stands because it's, it's very COVID in this yeah. ATP and it like pans up from the JP Morgan chase of like a ATP pro tennis match sponsored by JP Morgan chase to a, a, a crowd full of black lives matter cutouts. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very, it's very, uh, uh, unintentionally I think funny.
1: Yes. It's I know I see I know what they're trying to do, but, but it's like it's, the it's Rolex so...
0: sponsored times spe- piece and Emirates Air, and it's like it's fucking ATP tennis, yeah. Which is like when it, it when there are black people there, they're notoriously racist, racist to them, racist to them, yeah. And then it pans up, and it's a bunch of like cartoonishly drawn uh, smiling black black illustrations. Uh, illustrations of black people it
1: kind of reminds me of like when like school would do like I definitely remember there was maybe maybe the year 2000 happened and we, there was like a, a, a ceramic tile installation in my elementary school yeah. and each kid got to like paint a tile and they like all got put together in, mm-hmm. into a big mosaic yeah. and it looked like shit <laughs> 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 but everyone was so proud of it and I, I feel like it's kind of the same vibes of like elementary school like yeah. uh, social consciousness raising project
0: yeah but it it's just something about it being at the ATP tennis thing where it's like, yeah, it's it's like, what are you what are you even doing?
1: Yeah, just give 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 some money. Yes, I don't know, give someone some money. Yeah, stop being
0: racist. <laughs> stop being racist to the like stop, three black people in stop the. Stop
1: telling like Serena Williams that like she can't like wear her hair a certain way. I'm yes. like vaguely remembering something like that.
0: All know. those like French tennis like uh, commenters who like are racist to her in like 19th century French ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's bad.
1: Yeah, there's there's different behaviors that can be fixed than just a seat seat poster. Yeah. Uh, the Port Washington kid applauds with the heel of his hand against his strings in acknowledgement of a really nice get, even after he looks up at Port Washington's coaching staff in the gallery. The spectator's glass panel is at ground level, and the players play below it on courts that have been carved out of a kind of pit dug long ago. Some... Northeast clubs favor courts below ground because earth insulates and keeps utility bills daunting instead of prohibitive once the lungs go up. The gallery panel stretches overhead behind courts one through six, but there's a decided spectatorial clumping at the part of the gallery that looks over the show courts, boys 18's number one and two, Wayne and Hal, and PWTA's two best. Now after Wayne's balletic winner, there's the sad sound of a small crowd behind glasses applause. On the courts, the applause is muffled and compromised by on-court sounds, and sounds like the trapped survivors of something tapping for help at a great depth. The panel is like an aquarium's glass, thick and clean, and traps noise behind it. And to the gallery, it seems that 72 well-muscled children are arrayed and competing in total silence (laughs) in the pit. This sounds COVID-safe, kind of. Almost everyone in the gallery is wearing tennis clothes and bright nylon warm-ups, some even wear wristbands, the tennis equivalent of a football fan's pennant and pennant and raccoon coat. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't get the, wristbands are for fans, not for players. Yeah, yes. I mean, oh. these guys are wearing wristbands. Yeah. Uh, John Wayne's post pirouette backward inertia has carried him into the heavy black tarpaulin that hangs several meters behind both sides of the thirty-six courts on a system of rods and rings, not unlike a very ambitious shower curtain. <laughs> The tarps hiding from view, the water-stained walls of puffy, white-wrapped insulation and creating a narrow passage for players to get to their courts without crossing open court and interrupting play. Wayne hits the heavy tarp and kind of bounces off, producing a boom that resounds. The sounds on court in an indoor venue are huge and complex.
0: I do love the sounds of tennis being played inside.
1: Yeah. Everything echoes and the echoes then meld. In the gallery, Tavis and Nawangi bite their knuckles and DeLint squashes his nose flat against the glass in anxiety as everybody else politely applauds. Shtit calmly taps his pointer against the top of his boot at times of high stress. Wayne isn't hurt, though. Everybody goes into the tarp sometimes. That's what it's there for. It always sounds worse than it is. <laughs> the boom of the tarp sounds bad down below, though. The boom rattles Teddy Schacht, who's kneeling in the little passage right behind Court 1, holding M. Pemulus's head, as Pemulus, down on one knee, is sick into a tall, white, plastic spare ball bucket. Schacht has to haul Pemulus slightly back, as Wayne's outline bulges for a moment into the billowing tarp and threatens to knock Pemulus over, plus maybe the bucket, which would be a bad scene. Pemulus, deep into the little hell of his own nauseous pre-match nerves, is too busy trying to vomit without sound to hear the mean sounds of Wayne's winner or the boom of him against the heavy curtain. It's freezing back here in the little passage up next to insulation and I-beams and away from the infrared heaters that hang over the court. The plastic bucket is full of old, bald Wilson tennis balls and Pemulus' breakfast. There is, of course, an odor. Schacht doesn't mind. He lightly strokes the sides of Pemulus's head as his, mother had, as his mother had stroked his own big sick head back in Philly. <laughs> Placed at eye-level intervals in the tarp are little plastic windows. Archer slit views of each court from the cold backstage passage.
0: Big sick head is a good mm, phrase. Yeah.
1: Shaq sees John Wayne walk to the net post and flip his card as he and his opponent change sides. Even indoors, you change ends of the court after every odd-numbered game. No one knows why odd rather than even each PWTA court has welded to its West nest post. Another smaller post with a double set of like flippable cards with big red numerals from one to seven.
0: Hey, wait. So do you switch sides of the court after your first
1: game? After you I guess first one, three, seven? one, three, seven or one. Yeah. One, three f- <laughs> one, <laughs> three five? one might say that five comes after. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Whatever. Who cares?
0: Uh, I don't know why. You
1: switch would. courts outside so everyone has an equal amount of sun in their eyes, right?
0: Uh I guess, but yeah, the odd odd number thing is equal. I don't know. I I've, I've never considered why you would switch sides of a court.
1: I I I feel like if he's making a deal of it being indoors, that yeah. that's it might be a weather related. Well they should thing. just switch the lighting every other uh At every each other Each night. one one side should get a bright spotlight <laughs> shown in their face. Yes. Uh a lot of okay in umpless competition you're supposed to flip your card appropriately at every change of sides to help the gallery follow the score in the set a lot of junior players neglect to flip their cards Wayne is always automatic and scrupulous in his accounts Wayne's father is an asbestos miner who at 43 is far and away the seniorest guy on his shift he now wears triple thick masks and is trying to hold on until John Wayne can start making serious money and take him away from all this. He has not seen his eldest son play since John Wayne's Quebecois and Canadian citizenships were revoked last year. Wayne's card is on five. His opponent has yet to flip a card. Wayne never even sits down to take the 60 seconds he's allowed on each change of sides. His opponent, in his light blue flare-collared shirt with Wilson and PWTA on the sleeves, says something not unfriendly as Wayne brushes past him by the post. Wayne doesn't respond one way or the other. He just goes back to the baseline farthest from Shack's little tarp window and bounces the ball up and down in the air with the reticulate face of his stick as the Port Washington boy sits in his little canvas director's chair and towels the sweat off his arms neither of which is large, and looks briefly up at the gallery behind the panel. The thing about Wayne is he's all business. His face on court is blankly rigid, with the hypertonic masking of schizophrenics and zen adepts. He tends to look straight ahead at all times. He is about as reserved as they come. His emotions emerge in terms of velocity, intelligence as strategic focus. His play, like his manner in general, seems to Shacht less alive than undead. <laughs> Wayne tends to eat and study alone. He's sometimes seen with two or three expatriate ETA Nucks, but when they're together, they all seem morose. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's wholly unclear to Shacht how Wayne feels about the U.S. or his citizenship status. He figures Wayne figures it doesn't much matter. He is destined for the show. He will be an all-business entertainer, citizen of the world, everywhere undead, endorsing juice drinks and liniment ointment.
0: Test players do get kind of get to be citizens of the world. Who, who are we talking about in terms of citizens of the world? We're talking about Bjork. Yes, as a type of person, Bjork who's, is a citizen of the world. Oh, as
1: comfort, yeah. as comfortable at a Brazilian carnival as she is inside a volcano. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but I feel like tennis guys get to kind of be that too, because the 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 international like touring go, goes to all like the world citizen places like Greece and Spain and South Africa.
1: Yeah, you, do they ever play in like like China or Japan, or is that like much more rare? I mean, you go. You to know, Australia. I've noticed a lot of these
0: uh, take place in the uh, Arabian Peninsula, which I assume is a thing of like the, those Arabian countries trying to be like we're like real. World countries, please hey, come. We have Tennis here, please enjoy. Please enjoy our country. <laughs> please play in this city we built in the last five years. Yeah,
1: this city is sitting it's real, s- sitting the on tennis th- happens here. Thin layer of concrete <laughs> yes. that we poured over the sand and
0: the grave of the slaves who built it.
1: But it's definitely real, and there's you can there buy a happening. Louis Vuitton bag <laughs> wherever, basically wherever you want. <laughs> you, you, there are Louis Vuitton kiosks everywhere.
0: <laughs> We're just giving them away.
1: Have I told my chocolate dessert story? No. That I I will only briefly interrupt, but when I worked at Snapchat and I was doing stories, any story that uh, happened to fence off uh, Dubai as... Um, for those
0: who have not heard this before, some background, Molly worked at Snapchat for a while and her job was they would rope off, like mm-hmm. p- put geographic restrictions and then Molly would look at every Snapchat that was coming in from that yes. area and arrange them into a story about that thing. So it would be like... Canada Day and you would look at like all that's probably too broad. It'd be like
1: I don't think we. Yeah, I'm like, do we do
0: Canada? I don't know. Day? It'd be like, uh, ir- we like, Irish Australia Day. Australia Day. And, and on Australia
1: look. Day, we fenced off the entire country of Australia, and they had the ability to basically send us to basically DM us pictures. And
0: then you would look, at and then Molly would look at them all and arrange them into a nice little story that like represented it's it's Australia Day in Australia.
1: Yeah, um, it was one of her
0: stories got written up by Farhad Manju in the New York Times, or at least praised by him.
1: Well, you you know what happened with that. Was that we did a we would do day of a day of a city mm-hmm. a day a day in the life of a city and we did day in the life of Tel Aviv and guess what people got incredibly upset because the producers failed to understand the global political situation. situation and so people were like day in the life of Tel Aviv how about a day in the life of the fucking West Bank bitch and guess what we did it we did a Palestinian day in the life and it was weird it was really weird and it got it got written up in some places but. I I don't, it was an uncredited job. Yes. There were no, anyway, were what no, about uh, the chocolates? The, the thing about the chocolate is that every time we fenced off Dubai for anything, there was a, a, something I noticed over and over was that in super nice restaurants in Dubai, there was a certain kind of chocolate dessert that people would always get and they would snap and it was a perfectly round chocolate dome. And then a waiter would come up next to it and pour hot chocolate sauce all over it, <laughs> Gradually melting it, creating a crater that would eventually erupt and open up, and you would reveal some sort of, I think, soupy white chocolate uh, <laughs> in innards. And I just, re- I associate that with Dubai. Is like you, you fly on a plane twenty fucking hours to the the UAE, and you go to Dubai, and what do you get? Some like molten chocolate dessert, <laughs> molten chocolate cake. Try eating like a date or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know something something a little more authentic. It's the equivalent of like going to New York City and you eat at the Olive Garden.
0: Uh, the other funny thing about uh, Arabian Peninsula snaps that Molly would always tell me is that a hundred percent of the time that she would look, or almost every single time she opened a snap for, from there for any reason, it was somebody in a very like nice white carpeted apartment with music blaring Blasting. in the ba- background, going, "Hello,
1: Snapchat. Look, welcome to my apartment. Look at my living room." Like-
0: with like Arabian hip hop <laughs> plastic in the
1: background. Talk about the Interpol song. We've got uh, how many We've couches? Got 200 couches? We've got
0: two hundred couches. We've got two
1: hundred couches. Sounds like an apartment in Dubai. <laughs> I've never seen living rooms like this in my entire life. You think you need one couch to survive in a living room? Uh-uh.
0: Why were we talking about this? Oh, because we're uh, talking about being a tennis global players citizen. Are our global citizens. Yes. All right.
1: Sorry for that. Um, for that tangent. But I, th- I had I d- to. Didn't let I it say out. at the beginning? Let's have a wacky one. Okay. Well, it is a wacky one. That's for sure. Oh, um, where am I? Okay, yes, Citizen of the World. Pemulus has nothing left and is spasming dryly over the bucket. His covered Dunlop gut string sticks and gear tumbled just past Shaq's in the passage. They are the last guys to get out on court. Schacht is to play number three singles on the 18's B team. Pemulus, number six B. So he's barely hanging on to the B squad. (laughs) They are undeniably tardy getting out there.
0: But, but Pemulus and Shacht are the ones who are, are monster doubles,
1: right? Um, no, I, I think it's Schacht and Trolch. or Schacht like Trolch, okay. Yeah, something like that. It's not Pemulus. Pemulus is from, um, Shacht is from Philly. Pemulus is from Alston. Okay. Their opponents stand out on the baselines of courts 9 and 12, waiting for them to come out and warm up, jittery, stretching out the way you do when you've already stretched out, dribbling fresh, bright balls with their Black Wilson wide-body sticks. The whole Port Washington Tennis Academy student body gets free and mandatory Wilson sticks under an administrative contract. Uh, nothing personal, but no way would Shacht let an academy tell him what brand of stick to swing. He himself favors headmasters, which is regarded as bizarre and eccentric. The AMF head rep brings them out to him out of some cobwebby warehouse where, they've kept, where they're kept since the line was discontinued during the large head revolution many years back. Aluminum headmasters have small, perfectly round heads and a dull blue plastic brace in the V of the throat and look less like weapons than toys. Coyle and Axford are always kibitzing that they've seen a headmaster for sale at like a flea market or garage sale someplace and shaq better get down there quick. Shaq, who's <laughs> historically tight with Mario and with Lyle down in the weight room, Where Schacht, since the knee and the Crohn's disease, likes to go even on off days to work off discomfort, and DeLint and Loach are always on him about not getting muscle-bound, has a way of just smiling and holding his tongue when he's kibitzed. (laughs) Are you okay? Pemulus says, Blarg. He wipes at his forehead in a gesture of completion and submits to being hauled to his feet and stands there on his own with his hands on his hips, slightly bent. Shacht straightens and pulls some wrinkles out of the bandage around the brace on his knee. Take maybe another second. Wayne's already way up. Pemulus sniffs unpleasantly. How come this happens to me every time? This is not like me. Happens to some people, is all. This hunched, pur- spurting, pale guy is not any me I ever recognized. <laughs> Shacht gathers gear. Some people, their nerves are in their stomachs. Sisney, yard guard, lord, you. Stomach men. (laughs) Teddy, brother man, I've never once hung over for a competitive thing. I take elaborate precautions. Not so much as a whippet. I'm always in bed the (laughs) the night before by 2300, all pink-cheeked and clean. As they pass the plastic window behind court two, Shaq sees Hal and Condenza try to pass his serve-and-volley guy with a Baroque sideways slice down the backhand side and miss just wide. Hal's cards already flipped to four. Shaq gives a little tootaloo wave that Hal can't see to acknowledge. Pemulus <laughs> is in front of him as they go down the cold Wait, passage. Sorry,
0: there's also a giant 9-11 we remember uh, banner in this tennis <laughs> tournament. <laughs> which I'm not.
1: Hey, never forget.
0: Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. Anyway, go on.
1: Uh, Hal's way up too. Another victory for the forces of peace. Jesus, I feel awful, Pemulus says. Things could be worse. Expand on that, will you? This wasn't like that Atlanta stomach incident. We were enclosed here. No one saw. You saw that glass? To shit and to Lint, it's all a silent movie down here. Nobody heard thing one. Our guys will think we were back here butting heads to get enraged or something. Or we can tell them I got a cramp. That was a freebie in terms of stomach incidents. <laughs> Pemulus is a whole different person before competitive play. I'm fucking inept shacked lass you're one of the eptest people i know get off (laughs) get off your own back never remember getting sick as a kid now it's like i make myself sick just from worrying about getting sick well then there you go just don't think anything thoracic pretend you don't have a stomach i have no stomach pemula says his head stays still when he talks at least negotiating the passage he carries four sticks a rough white pwta locker room towel an empty ball can full of high-chlorine Long Island water, nervously zipping and unzipping the top stick's cover. Schacht only ever carries three sticks. His don't have covers on them. Except for Pemulus and Raider and Unwin and a couple others who favor gut strings and really need protection, nobody at Enfield uses racket covers. It's like an anti-fashion statement. People with covers make a point of telling you they're valid and for gut. I don't think I know what gut strings are.
0: I mean, I assume it's like uh like i don't know
1: like a, no, a non-synthetic material yeah non-synthetic
0: material by but the way you can buy one of those headmaster rackets off ebay for 200 dollars.
1: that's that's expensive yeah well
0: they're discontinued oh that's true they do look I, like
1: i'll have to see them
0: here Looks like oh that. that's adorable yeah it's yeah. like a little lollipop it looks shape like the way a, you
1: would draw a tennis racket yeah exactly A similar point of careful non-pride is never having their shirts tucked in. (laughs) Ortho Stice used to drill and cut off black jeans until Shtit had Tony Nwangi go over and scream at him about it. Each academy has its own style or anti-style. The PWTA people, more or less a de facto subsidiary of Wilson, have unnecessary light blue Wilson covers on all their courtside synthetic strung sticks and big red Ws stenciled onto their Wilson synth gut strings. You have to let your company of choice spray paint their logo on your strings if you want to be on their free list for sticks. Is the Universal Junior deal? Shaq's orange gamma Shaq's g- orange gamma nine synthetic strings have AMF head head inks, weird Taoist paraboloid logo sprayed on. Pemulus isn't on Dunlop's free list, which takes us to endnote eighty-eight. Since claiming rampant and mysterious breakage and then one time having the Dunlop rep passing through Alston on his way out of Boston from ETA, see not one but three kids on three separate corners hawking shiny new Dunlop sticks in what amounted Dunlop charged almost conspiracy to defraud in YY 2007 MRC (laughs) VMETIUFI slash (laughs) ITPSFHOOMS. He's a hustler. I love Pemulus. Yeah. Uh, he's not on Dunlop's free list, but he gets the ETA stringer to put Dunlop's dot and circumflex trademark on all of his six strings as a kind of touchingly insecure gesture in Shaq's opinion. <laughs> I played your guy in Tampa two years ago, Pemulus says, sidestepping one of the old discolored drill balls that always litter passages behind indoor tarps. Name escapes. Lose something, says Shaq. Yet another knuck. One of those names that start with L. Mario and Condensa, in a pair of little Odern uh, Talit Kelpses ETA drill sweats, is lurching noiselessly some 10 meters behind them in the passage. I was wondering if
0: Mario came to the tournament. He's there,
1: his police lockup and head uncameraed. He's framing Shaq's back in a three cornered box with his thumbs and long fingers, simulating the view through a lens. Mario's been authorized to travel with the squad to the Whataburger Invitational for final footage for his short and upbeat annual documentary. Brief testimonials and lighthearted moments and behind-the-scenes shots and emotional moments on court, etc. That, every year, gets distributed to ETA alumni and patrons and guests at the pre-Thanksgiving fundraising exhibition and formal fete. Mario is wondering how you could get enough light back here in a tarp tunnel to film a tense cold pre-match gladiatorial march behind an indoor tarp carrying tennis rackets in your arms like an obscene bouquet without sacrificing the dim and diffuse and kind of gladiatorially doomed quality figures quality figures in the dim passage have
0: I get what he's going for
1: I get what he's going for too after pemulus has mysteriously won He'll tell Mario maybe a Merino 350 with a diffusion filter on some kind of overhead cable you could winch along behind the figures at about twice the focal length or else use fast film and station the Merino at the tunnel's very start and let the figures' backs gradually recede into a kind of doomed mist of low exposure. Nice. Nice. I remember your guy as one big forehand, nothing but slice off the back. His VAPS never varies. If you kick the serve over to the backhand, he'll slice it short. You can come in behind it at like will. Worry about your own guy, Shack says. Your guy's got zero imagination, and you've got an empty expanse where your stomach ought to be. Remember, I am a man with no stomach. <laughs> they emerge through flaps in the tarp with hands upraised in slight apology to their opponents. Walk out onto the warmer courts, the slow green eraserish footing of indoor composite. Their ears dilate into all the sounds in the larger space. Gasps and thwaps and pocks and sneakers squeaks. Pemulus's court is almost down in female territory. Uh, Courts 13 to 24 are girls' 18s A and B, all bobbing ponytails and two-handed backhands and high-pitched grunts that if girls could only hear what their own grunts sounded like, they'd cut it out. Pemulus can't tell whether the very muffled applause way down up behind the gallery panel is sardonic applause at his finally appearing after seven several minutes of vomiting, or is sincerely for KD Coyle on Court Three, who's just smashed a sucker lob so hard it's bounced up and racked three's tray of hanging lights. Except for some rubber in his legs, Pemulus feels stomachless and tentatively okay. This match is an all-out must-win for him in terms of the Waterburger. If you mm-hmm. remember, he has to go to the Waterburger if he's going to have that fun DMZ experience with his friends. Yes, the infra-lit courts are warm and soft. The heaters bolted into both walls above the tarp's upper hem are the deep, warm red of little square suns. The poor Washington players all wear matching socks and shorts and tucked-in shirts. They look sharp, but a feat, a mannequinish ish aspect to them. Most of the higher-ranked ATA students are free to sign on with different companies for no fees but free gear. Coil is Prince in Reebok, as is Trevor Axford. John Wayne is Dunlop and Adidas. Schacht is Headmaster Sticks, but his own clothes and knee supports. Orthostice is Wilson, and all-black Fila. Keith Freer is Fox Sticks, and both Adidas and Reebok until one of the two companies' North Northeast reps catches on. (laughs) Trolch is Spalding, and damn lucky to get that. Hall and Condenza is Dunlop and lightweight Nike high tops and an air stirrup brace for the dicky ankle. Shaw is Kennex sticks and clothes from Tachani's big and tall line. <laughs> <laughs> tall Paul Shaw. I guess that that's not a, a misnomer. Hemulus's entrepreneurial vim has earned him complete freedom of choice and expense, though he's barred by DeLint and Nawangi from shirts that mention the Sinn Féin or that that extol Alston, Massachusetts, in any way, from competition. (laughs) He's the best. I love him. Before going back to the... (laughs) <laughs> I'd love to, show up to my
0: school tennis tournament edition page.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Before going back to the baseline and warming up ground strokes, Shaq likes to take a little time courtside, fussing, futzing around, hitting his heads as frames against strings and listening for the pitch of best tension. Arranging his towel on the back of his chair making sure his cards aren't still flipped from some previous match, etc., and then he prefers to sort of snuffle around his baseline for a bit, checking for dust bunnies of ball fuzz and little divots or ridges from cold-weather heave, adjusting the brace on his ruined knee, putting his thick arms out cruciform and pulling them way back to stretch out the old pecs and cuffs. His opponent waits patiently, twirling his polybutylene stick, and when they finally start to hit around the okay. guy's expression is uh, pleasant.
0: This tennis tournament we're watching is takes place in New York, that's why. Oh. That's why they re- we remember 9/11.
1: I see. You can't forget 9/11 in yeah. uh in New York at all ever. Never. You have to remember it every day? I'm
0: I'm thinking about it right now.
1: We should get a little a little postcard. Maybe we can put it maybe our bathroom can be a cursed energy and we can put oh, a never yeah. forget 9/11 poster in there we along should, with we the covid get a, poster. Uh, yeah. I want people to feel uneasy <laughs> when they're in our bathroom. <laughs> Uh, when they finally start to hit around, the guy's expression is pleasant. Schacht always prefers a pleasant match, one way or the other. He really doesn't care all that much whether he wins anymore. Since first the crones and then the knee at sixteen, he'd probably now describe his desire to win as a preference, nothing more. That's my attitude toward. I would prefer to win. Yeah, I was, I'm a very competitive one on like one on one person, but on a team sport, when I'm actually thinking about the team, I prefer to win, but I don't really care. What's singular is that his tennis seems to have improved slightly in the two years since he stopped really caring. It's like his hard-flat game stopped having any purpose beyond itself and started feeding on itself and got fuller, looser, its edges less jagged, though everybody else has been improving too, even faster. And Shaq's rank has been steadily declining since 16, and the staff has stopped talking about even a top college ride. Stitt's warmed to him, though, since the knee and the loss of any urge beyond the play itself and treats Schacht now almost more like a peer than an experimental subject with something at stake. Schacht is already in his heart committed to a dental career, and he even interns twice a week for a root specialist over at the National Craniofacial Pain Foundation in East Enfield when not touring. It strikes Schacht as odd that Pemulus makes such a big deal of stopping all substances the day before competitive play but never connects the neurasthenic stomach to any kind of withdrawal or mm, dependence. Interesting. He'd never say this to Pemulus unless Pemulus asked him directly, but Schacht suspects Pemulus is physically drin-dependent, preludin or attenuate or something. It's not his business. <laughs> Schacht's supposedly French-Canadian guy is as broad as Schacht but shorter his face dark and with a kind of eskimoid eskimoid structure to it. Mm. At 18, his hairline recessed in the sort of way where you just know the kid's already got hair on his back. And he warms up with crazy spins, moony top off a western forehand and weird inside-out shit off a one-hand back, his knees dipping oddly whenever he makes contact and his follow-through full of the dancerly flourishes that characterize A Case of nerves. A nervous spin artist can be eaten more or less for lunch if you hit as hard as Shaq does. And what Pemulus said is true. The guy's backhand is always sliced and lands shallow. Shaq looks over at Pemulus's guy, a grunter with a moody profile and the storky look of recent puberty. <laughs> Pemulus is looking oddly sanguine and confident after a couple minutes futzing with the cans of water, rinsing out the oral cavity and so. Pemulus is maybe going to win too, despite himself. Schacht figures he can run in and get one of the 12-year-olds he big buddies to go back in the passage and empty Pemulus's bucket on the sly before anybody coming off court sees it. Evidence of nervous incapacity of any kind gets noted and logged at ETA, and Schacht's observed Pemulus having some kind of vested emotional interest in attending the Whataburger Invitational over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He thought Mario's lurking around in the cold passage, scratching his... Poor big head over technical lighting problems was kind of funny. There will be no lungs or tarps or dim passages at the Whataburger. The Tucson tournament is outside, and Tucson cruised around 40 degrees Celsius even in November, and the sun there was a retinal horror show on overheads and serves. Though Schacht buys quarterly urine like the rest of them, it seems to Pemulus that Schacht ingests the occasional chemical the way that grown ups who sometimes forget to finish their cocktails drink liquor. To make a tense, but fundamentally okay interior life, interestingly different, but no more. <laughs> no element of relief. A kind of tourism. And Shaq doesn't even have to worry about obsessive training like Ink or Stice, or get sick so often from the physical stress of constant drins like Trolch, or suffer from thinly disguised psychological fallout like Ink or Struck or Pemulus himself. The way Pemulus and, and Struck and Axford ingest substances and recover from substances and have a whole jargony argot based around various substances gives Shaq the creeps a bit. But since the knee injury broke and remade him at 16, he's learned to go his own interior way and let others go theirs. Like most very large men, he's getting, very comfor- he's getting comfortable early with the fact that his place in the world is very small and his real impact on other persons even smaller which is a big reason he can sometimes forget to finish his portion of a given substance. So interested <laughs> he does he become in the way he's already started to feel. He's one of those people who don't need much, much less, much more. We've got like a page and a half.
0: Yep. keep going. Power through.
1: Power through. Shaq and his opponent warm up their ground strokes with the fluid economy of years of warming up ground strokes. They take turns feeding each other some volleys at net and then take a couple up lobs hitting loose, easy overheads, slowly adjusting the idle from half speed to three-quarter speed. The knee feels all fundamentally all right, springy. Slow indoor composite surfaces do not like Shaq's hard-flat game, but they are kind to the knee, which, after some days outside on hard cement, swells to about the size of a volleyball. Shaq feels blandly happy down here on 9, playing in private way down past the gallery's panel. There is a nourishing sense of pregnable space in a big indoor club that you never get playing outside, especially playing outside in the cold, when the balls feel hard and sullen and come off the stick's strung face with an echoless ping. Here everything cracks and booms, the grunts and shoe squeaks and booming pocks of impact and curses unfolding lo- across the white-on-green plain and echoing off each tarp. Soon they'll all go inside for the winter. Shit will yield and let them inflate the ETA lung over the 16 center courts. It's like a barn-raising inflation day. It's communal and fun. And they'll take down the central fences and outdoor night lamps and unbolt all the posts into sections and stack them and store them. And the testar and ask me guys will come up in vans smoking cigarettes and squinting with weary expertise at tubes of plans in draftsman blue. And there will be one and sometimes two ASME helicopters with slings and grappling hooks for the lungs dome and nacelle. They put it up with a helicopter? That's cool. Is that how it's done? And Stitt Indolent will let the younger ETAs get the infrared indoor heaters out of the same corrugated shed the disassembled fences and lamps will go in. Leaf-cutter ant or Korean-like armies of 14 and 16-year-olds carrying sections and heaters and Gore-Tex swatches <laughs> and long, hollow lithiated bulbs, while the 18s get to sit on canvas chairs and kibits because they did their leaf-cutter lung-raising bits at 13 to 16 already. Two Testar guys will supervise Otis P. Lord and all this year's conspicuous tech wonks in mounting the heaters and stringing the lights and running coaxial shunts with ceramic jacks Between the pump room's main breaker and the sun-strand grid and booting up the circulation fans and pneumatic hoists that will raise the lung to the inflated shape of a distended igloo. Sixteen quarts in four rows of four. Enclosed and warmed by nothing but fibrous Gore-Tex and AC current and an enormous ASME exhaust flow expectuator that an ASME crew and one of the ASME helicopters will bring in in a sling and cable and mount and secure on the lungs nipply nacelle at the top of the inflating dome. And that first night after inflation, traditionally the fourth Monday of November, all the upper class 18s so inclined will crank up the infrareds and get high and eat low lipid microwave pizza and play all night, sweating magnificently, sheltered for the winter atop Enfield's level-headed hill. That sounds fun. Yes. Getting stoned and playing nice warm tennis and eating pizza. Wow, that sounds great. Shacked stands back in the deuce court and lets his guy warm up uh, his serves oddly flat, and low margin for a nervous touch artist. Shaq bloops each return up with severe backspin so the balls will roll back to him and he can serve them back to his guy, also warming up. The warm-up routine has become automatic and requires no attention. Way up on one, Shaq sees John Wayne just plaster a backhand cross-court. Wayne hits it so hard, a little mushroom cloud of green fuzz hangs (laughs) in the air where ball had met strings. Their cars were too far to read in the sour apple light, but you could tell by the way Port Washington's best boy walked to the baseline to take the next serve that his ass had already been presented to him. In a lot of junior matches, everything past the fourth game or so is kind of a formality. Both players tend to know the overall score by then. The big picture. They'll have decided who's going to lose. Competitive tennis is largely mental once you're at a certain plateau of skill and conditioning. Shit would say spiritual instead of mental, but as far as Shaq can see, it's the same thing. As Shaq sees it, Stitt's philosophical stance is that to win enough of the time is to be consi- to win enough of the time to be considered successful. You have to both care a great deal about it and also not care about it at all, which takes us to end note eighty nine. The fact that it's not at all clear day to day what this "it" and caring mean, or how you can be expected to both care passionately and not care at all. The huge amounts of internal psychic energy get expended on trying to come to some acceptable understanding of all this stuff, particularly from sixteen to like eighteen, is not accidental or a weakness in ETA pedagogy, in Shack's opinion. Though a sizable contingent of ETA's view, ETA's view shtit as bats and essentially a figurehead, and choose to steer more by head prorector de lint's clipboard and reductive statistics, which at least inform you a firm idea of where you stand uh, comparatively at all times. Okay. Back to the text. Uh, Shaq does not care enough, probably, anymore, and has met his gradual displacement from ETA's A single squad with an equanimity some ETA's thought was spiritual and others regarded it as the surest sign of dicklessness and burnout. <laughs> Only one or two people have ever used the word brave in connection with Shaq's radical reconfiguration <laughs> after the thing with the Crohn's disease and, and knee. Hal and Condenza, who's probably as asymmetrically hobbled on the care-too-much side as Shack is on the not-enough, privately puts Shaq's laissez-faire down to some interior decline, some doom-gray surrender of his childhood, childhood's promise to old, adult gray mediocrity, and fears it, but since Schacht is an old friend and a dependable designated driver, and has actually gotten pleasanter to be around since the knee... Which Hal prays fervently that the ankle won't start being the size of a volleyball itself at the end of each outdoor day. Hal, in a weird and deeper internal way, almost somehow admires and envies the fact that Shaq stoically committed himself to the oral professions and stopped dreaming of getting to the show after graduation. An air of something other than failure about Shaq's not caring enough, something you can't quite define, the way you can't remember, can't quite remember a word that you know you know inside Hal can't quite feel a contempt for teddy shack's competitive slide that would be a pretty much natural contempt in one who cared so dreadfully secretly much and so the two of them tend to settle for not talking about it just as Shack cheerfully wordlessly drives the tow truck on occasions when the rest of the crew are so incapacitated they'd have to hold one eye closed to even see an undoubled road and consents without protest to pay for retail to pay retail for clean quarterly urine and doesn't say a word about H- Hal's devolution from occasional tourist to subterranean compulsive substance-wise, with his pump room visits and visine. Even though Shaq deep down believes that the substance compulsion's strange apparent contribution to Hal's erumpent explosion up the rankings has got to be a temporary thing, that there's like a psychic credit card bill for Hal in the mail somewhere coming, <laughs> and it's sad it won't be, uh, sad for him in advance about whatever's surely got to give eventually. Though it won't be the boards, Hal will murder his boards, and Shaq... Wa- may well be among those jockeying to sit near him, he'd be the first to admit. On two, Hal now kicks a second serve to the ad court with so much left-handed top on it that it almost kicks up over Port Washington's number two guy's head. It's clearly carnage up there on show courts one and two. Dr. Tavis will be irrepressible, The gallery is barely even applauding Wayne and Condensa anymore. At a certain point, it becomes like Romans applauding lions. (laughs) All the coaches and staff and PWTA parents and civilians in the overhead gallery wear tennis outfits, the high white socks and tucked in shirts of people who do not really play. Schacht and his man play. And that's the Port Washington... Invitational? ...tournament.
0: What is it? The Port Washington tournament?
1: Something like that. Tennis! Tennis, everyone. We
0: love tennis. We love we love the 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 sweet sport, the 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 gentle science,
1: the
0: the the bouncing, uh, the the bouncing uh, mastery, the theater of the mind. Yes,
1: the rubber of the
0: soul. The rubber. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: A lot of lot of little. What a dense little nugget.
0: A lot of details in there. I do enjoy the fact that he kind of studiously uh avoids ever mentioning whether any of these children enjoy tennis
1: um but, you know yes. i guess
0: that's besides the point or kind of a given that no th- th- that it isn't about whether they like it or not and it is about yeah. their lives being structured around it
1: right that they're almost trapped in this kind of like loop of what I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Yes, they're they're at this tennis academy. They're ostensibly there because they are good at tennis and you have to kind of like it at least a little bit to be good yeah. at it. Although Andre Adik, as he famously says that he hates tennis and always has.
0: But <laughs> That is such a fun a funny curse.
1: But <laughs> being so
0: good at good at something that you actually don't enjoy.
1: Are you good at anything that you don't enjoy?
0: Uh no. <laughs> I studiously avoid uh succeeding at anything that I don't like doing
1: yeah it's it's too tied up for me yeah but that I'm not good at um I'm not good at sports well, I was thinking
0: about playing sports as a kid as we were reading this passage and about how uh I was bad at it because i never i I could never get it up to care even an iota. I would just be playing sports and being like, This is so fucking stupid. why the fuck am I doing this <laughs> this fucking ball I don't give a shit about this fucking ball or this hoop, yeah this net or this thing. I don't like being outside, I don't like sweating, this sucks, and I hate it
1: yeah. I would basically have these like competitive blackouts where, in the game itself, all I wanted to do was mm-hmm. like w- like win, like do do well, yeah. like. And I was always a like an aggressive, like defensive player. I was usually put on de- defense for whatever mm-hmm. I played. But then the minute I like pulled out of it, I was like, "This is stupid. Yeah, I don't, I don't care whether we win. It's it is no skin off my back if we lose. I honestly kind of prefer it when we do. Yeah. I kind of like being a loser. What's that about?" Uh, but I, if someone tries to get the ball by me, I'm going to murder them. I'm going to try to kill them. It's a weird, it's a weird sense of being. But anyway, I, I just, I bring this up to say, like, they're, they're at this academy, like, stuck in this, like, bubble, but is this not just, like, a more advanced bubble that everyone... David Foster Wallace is always thinking about the idea of, like, the well-adjusted versus the not well-adjusted. Sure. And well-adjusted means that whatever, like, cage you're in mm-hmm. you find a way to be happy in it and if you're not well adjusted you start rattling the doors of the cage yeah and i think everyone at this tennis academy is just a heightened version of what everyone already does in whatever yeah. cage that they're I mean, already in that's why it's so interesting they're literally in a cage at this tennis yes. academy at the at port washington
0: uh th- yeah that's why that that passage is very interesting about shacked right who has kind of admitted to himself that he like his game has fallen off enough fallen off enough that it's he's not going anywhere through tennis but he's still going through the motions of being at a tennis academy prodigy even though he's basically decided to be a
1: dentist. Yes. Right, yeah, but he still and but He still has just, to like be at this tournament. He still has to be at this tournament and that yeah, it's just the the idea of the comparative thing where you're around like your friends that you're also, you know, trying to beat. Yeah. Like that they have these the the teams, the A and B teams and your rankings and all this stuff. Oh, I lo- I do love Sh- Shakt is interesting to me because yeah he's he's that guy that was sort of pre- previewed of like someone who sort of fades into the ether without much like without a fight, and then you have Hal who cares too much. Uh,
0: here's a, a joke for a co- a new cover for an edition of Infinite Jest. Mm-hmm. You know the that like is it Hindu? I don't know that 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 kind of uh, world history of like the the. A, the giant cosmic turtle, yeah, and the world is on the back of it. Yes. All right, so it's space, and it's a turtle in space, but yeah. in, on its back instead of the world, it's a tennis court.
1: Yeah, yeah. You,
0: would you get that? I would get that. Yeah.
1: Someone should honestly just do. I mean, there's so many good. I've been. <laughs> I've actually found some good. um some good like fan infinite, art. Yes, fan art. Uh, but just like a map of the of the new of of Onan with the. You great can get. I swear, somebody
0: had made that. I saw. Thought I saw somebody who made like a fairly detailed, like you know uh uh looking like a real map that had been printed mm-hmm. uh version of of Onan.
1: Poor Pemulus. Yes. Uh, well, I hope he
0: wins this tournament so he can do his drugs.
1: Well yeah, me too. Um but uh but yeah, but at what cost? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh the stuff about the sponsorships is really funny too mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that he was selling his free rackets. yeah,
0: but also just like the all the other boys like how their like personalities are reflected through their being they're getting sponsorships and stuff
1: and the the um like the e t a kind of house style of mm-hmm. like being anti fashion is really funny, yeah versus the port washington little fancy boys with their tucked in shirts
0: um I will also, I'll relay another story from the last time that I played on a, an actual organized sports team. Please, which was sixth grade basketball, uh, which my uh, coach was constantly furious with me because I would basically I was so unenthusiastic about this that I would barely get to the other end of the court by the time the play there had stopped and everybody runs back to the <laughs> other
1: side. I know that I know that type of guy.
0: Where I'm, I'm like, I just don't care about this. <sighs> Meanwhile, there was one guy on our team. Uh, who was so invested in winning that by the end of our stupid, like, 14-game season, like, the last 10 games, we, w- we went 1-13. and 13. Like, we won one game and lost, every like, mm-hmm. 13 in a row. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the season, the last three games, he would hyperventilate and pass out on the court when we lost. I remember of you losing. saying this,
1: yes. That... <sighs>
0: Oh uh, boy! Yeah, so but I kid know. Le- I think I did. I tell this on the pod already. Did you? That kid already. That kid later that year, uh, playing frisbee golf or ultimate frisbee in gym, dove for a frisbee into a, a chain link fence hard enough that he had to wear a, a neck brace for a week.
1: Yeah, that's that's a certain type of of guy. The the true gym class hero. Yeah, um, fuck
0: that kid. He was an asshole. Uh,
1: I just, uh, but I mean this this passage gets at something interesting about kids and sports which is just that like it's su- it sucks to like lose I, n- I know there's the whole millennial discount course about like participation trophies which i've never won by the way uh, I've yeah, done, i've never, be, I've never, I've never, never received never gotten, a participation trophy i've never received
0: a trophy for anything which is why you should stop what you're doing right now and subscribe to the chapo trap house youtube page give me that fucking
1: trophy that's you why want i want that trophy. so bad i've never gotten a trophy yes trophies trophies um but I just, I remember very clearly, I played basketball in middle school as well, and um, at the end of the year, or at the end of the season, uh, we did a pizza party, which... Girl, I didn't even like pizza when I was a kid. Yeah. It was too much sauce, too much red sauce. (laughs) I didn't like red sauce. So you can imagine me feeling alienated out of my mind, terrible at sports, but somehow incredibly aggressive on the field and court, hating pizza. And that's sports is basically just only those things. It's just pizza and. Your your
0: interiority here sounds very uh, infinite jest.
1: Yeah, it's very painful. But I just remember very clearly at the pizza party at the end of, I want to say seventh grade basketball, our coach handed out certificates. Paper certificates, uh, you know, saying, good job, thank you for playing basketball. And on the back, that she wrote the your total points for the season. Yeah. Chris, how many points do you think I scored in uh, a season? Six. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in a season of, I don't even know, I don't know how many games, maybe 12 or something. Yeah. Your bitch scored six points. I'm sure that was similar to mine. I, and you know what? One of them was in front of my, one of my, uh, my, fir- my first ever, boyfriend he came to my game and i scored and i think it was the first points of the game nice and i i think i thought there was so much promise there and then uh and then i scored like two more free throws and one more (laughs) but isn't that not not psychologically a little bit annoying to be like to get your certificate back and be like i have been sweating and miserable every i'm practicing every night and it's like fucking cold out like you go and you you have yeah. your little fucking you're managing your laundry like you've got all these sweatpants everywhere you're trying not to get your shoes like stolen when you bring them to school like i this sucks so bad and then you get your little certificate and you scored 6 points when Macy Shappy scored like 60 <laughs> what am i supposed to do with that as a person and Nothing. then of course i do the musical and i'm like wait this is incredibly fun i'm having fun every single minute i'm here i yes. learned how to tap dance i was tap dancing in the in the fucking unfinished basement in my house <laughs> at night like some kind of weird character for, like eliza Manella character from the 70s because i wanted to practice to get better at it i found a thing that i was good at yeah but the nightmare is just is having to do the thing that you just suck at. The, I hate the, it so much.
0: Being good at something you hate is is a true nightmare. That, yeah. is, that is a prison.
1: Being bad at something you hate is worse, though, because you have to keep <laughs> well, doing then,
0: it. But if you're bad at then something you, you hate, quit. you can just not care. Yeah. Which is
1: but which that's is good. But that's my psychic curse because then I was bad at something cared. I hated and oh I cared oh, so I'm, much. I'm
0: very good about not caring about things. <sighs> I need I I need caring. what you
1: get. I, I need what you have. I yes. need a little bit more of what you have. You you are very good at um the uh, radical detachment, I would say. And I'm yes. not so good. I mean,
0: but I unfortunately I can't exercise that at will because there are stupid things I do care about, like uh comments, internet comments. But Sure. Uh a competition things, of its own. The things that I that I can't detach from I'm pretty good at. All right. I think that that's pretty good. <laughs> we've gone like an hour five. We also had that good bit about Snapchat in the middle here. Um
1: Yeah, we've we've uh we've, I'm we've looking forward in. to this
0: Whataburger invitational. Take the take the action over to Tucson, complete the Arizona Boston uh <laughs> dynamic.
1: hmm You don't you don't even realize. I don't even realize. You don't even know.
0: Um Everybody, go get tickets to the Frequency One Festival. FRQNCY.live. It's going to be very fun. Uh, if you are listening to this, uh, you should go do that. Um, and somebody make some fan art of the turtle with the the, the cosmic turtle with the, uh, the the tennis court on its back. <laughs> All right,
1: bye. bye.